0: Hi there, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. How are you today? Happy post-Christmas Day. Uh, for this episode, called Gift Envy uh, for the Keys Bartender Podcast. So, If you're not familiar with the Keys Bartender Podcast, it's a show about Keys Life, Life in general, and bartending. And today we'll be talking about activities for a rainy day in Florida Keys. Uh, let me read the whole thing. Various holiday traditions, cranberry uh, champagne cocktail, and gift envy. Now, various holiday traditions. Um, the Just the nature of the keys, how everyone's kind of thrown together, much like any island community. Uh, I imagine the demographics are pretty much the same. We got a weird setup here. You could have different economic groups thrown together on the same street. You could have some um, you know, prefab housing trailer. And then just next door, you could have a $5 million property just the way it's laid out, the way they develop the properties and things like that. You just, you get a piece of land, you build a $5 million house, or you have a house that's been there for 50 years, a little cottage or something like that. And there you go. So with that kind of housing, also, is a lot of different groups of people. Are, uh, we got a mismatch of African Americans, Caucasian, Latinos, Asian. Um, not a ton of Asian, but the Latino. We got Cubans. We have Mexicans. We have Central Americans. All Americans. All Americans, pretty much to say, we're all from America, and um, there's different traditions there. You realize that Uh, a lot of different, the groups that I mentioned have a big component to their Christmas Eve celebrations. And I was aware that the Mexican tradition was to celebrate on Christmas Eve, but I really never had firsthand kind of view of what that entailed. And on Christmas Eve, we wife and I went to bed a little after midnight and I woke up around three thirty, close to four o'clock and we had the windows open. It was chilly. It was so chilly. And uh, Dan, I'll talk about the weather and what to do on a cold day. And they were having a party, uh, gosh, maybe less than a hundred, uh, hundred feet, 200 feet from my back of my house, the backyard, um, uh, uh, Neighbors ours on another street and had a party, and it ended up. I woke up. I woke up at 3:30, heard the party going on, and I woke up at 8 a.m. I heard the party going on, and it was just interesting. And I just wonder what the kids thought. You know, you had the non-Mexican kids waiting for Santa Claus, and I wonder if they were wondering if Santa was going to be scared off. And I'm sure the parents had some kind of excuse that no, one listen, no one's going to have a problem. Santa gets in and out. He, he got to visit the whole world, so no one really even sees Santa. Doesn't even slow down. That's what I would say to get away from this, stuff like that. As I said, though, it was a very chilly uh, for us here in the 40s. I know that's not uh, much for you people in the Midwest when you're facing uh, minus zeros uh, below, you know, below zero temperatures and things like that. But you got to remember, people aren't acclimatized like they are up north to it, and uh, we've had people come in and they started talking about how they wanted to get away from the snow and all that stuff. They said, hey, you listen, I understand the snow is a pain in the ass and blizzards and stuff like that and people dying that, but we we have our hurricanes and our flooding and stuff like that, and I know you have high winds there too, but there's nothing like going through a big tropical weather system. So, on today's show, you see me mentioning that things to do on a cold, rainy day. I mentioned the cultural differences and stuff like that. And it's really interesting how you um, see that here on a smaller scale, right next to each other. Um, A lot of neighborhoods, the neighborhoods I'm from, uh, the city I'm from in Philadelphia, the neighborhoods were very kind of like, like it was Irish Catholic, Italian neighborhoods, Polish neighborhoods, uh, Latino, African-American, and things like that. But down here, they're right next to each other, and you get to get to experience, you get to see them. You get to see the mariachi band show up there. I went to a Kinsanera this past summer, and it was it, it was interesting, fun, and uh, eye opening. Just very, I enjoy I enjoy that stuff. I enjoy going to a Polish wedding. Um, all different, all different parties like that. But that's what you get in the Keys. But one of the things you don't get in Keys is when it gets cold and rainy. You don't get people that say they want to go fishing. And it's only today; the high was fifty-six, and I guess that's pretty good up north. And you, you have people that would go fishing no problem. Uh, but if you ask a local fisherman if it's in the forties in the morning, are they going to go fishing? And there's probably another reason for it and things like that why they wouldn't go fishing on those days because maybe the f- fish go dormant, especially backwater. But I don't know about the ocean because the ocean pretty much stays the same temperature, you go down a couple feet, you know, go back 10, 15 feet. The water temperature is going to be about the same almost anywhere. And, uh, but imagine if you told them you gave them an episode of the deadliest catch they may get a different perspective because those guys go out when they have to knock all the ice off their traps and stuff when they're setting their traps and they're pulling their traps and shit like that. But here in the Keys, though, they do not go out when it's in 40, 40 degrees. And actually, the next couple of days after this system moves, it was supposed to get pretty breezy here. And it's interesting. You can see right here I'm wearing fleece. We keep the temperature around 68 in the house, maybe 60... You know, you say, hey, how many opportunities do we have to keep it 68? We don't, I don't keep the AC on 68. I'm more of a, in the, to keep a, you know, a lid on the electric, electrical bill. I try to keep it around in the daytime around 77, 76. There's people down here that permanently have their temperature set at 70, uh, 70 degrees or 68 not up my alley. Um, so I talked about the, the, um, the various holiday traditions. We're going to talk about the 10th uh, drink at uh, Christmas. That's the cranberry champagne cocktail. And you, you might say it's after Christmas, but actually Christmas goes to January 6th. And then we'll have two more. We have two more uh, episodes. Well, I'm not going to go to January 6th. I'm going to go to January 1st. Just between Christmas and New Year. I'm going to get all those drinks in. I hope that was in. I may have miscounted. So this may be the ninth. But I'm writing it down as the tenth. And I'm going to talk about gift envy. So we'll move on to the drink. Uh, since we're getting near the New Year. And the drink of choice for people that do drink. Other than for me. It would be sparkling grape juice or something. Apple cider or a zero, zero beer, but champagne, champagne's a big quaff on those days. I like to do a couple, um, you know, varieties of, of champagne cocktails. And the one I really like is a cran orange champagne cocktail. And that's three ounces of chilled brute champagne. Now, all the liquid you put in should be chilled, pre-chilled. You should keep them in the fridge. You shouldn't have to shake it over ice because you're pouring into glass. You shouldn't be with the cold weather and things like that. You you probably, for champagne, a champagne cocktail, you normally don't put ice on it. But if you do, it's all according to taste. So you put the three ounces chilled, and you should use a try to use a seven-ounce flute. Because you don't want to fill it all the way at a time. Two, three ounces of champagne, one ounce of chilled um, orange vodka, or you can use regular vodka, whatever. Um, two ounces of chilled cranberry juice, and an orange twist. An uh, orange twist is, once again, I, I to explain this with it. When you make a twist, you're just taking uh, the flesh of the fruit out and you're just using the peel and you're expressing the peel over the the drink glass and getting those the oils out of the rind and that's the orange bitter that adds a little taste to it and that'll be your garnish that orange twist and you can put a little fresh cranberries in if you if you like if you need to have more crap in your drink to make light of that so i want to move on to some of the things to do in the keys now people come down here escaping the cold, especially this time of year. They they call this week coming up, starting today, Hell Week. And it's really interesting because what I really noticed was, yeah, it's busy between Christmas and New Year's, but it really isn't as crazy busy as right after New Year's. I don't know the the reason for that, because right after New Year's, you figure all the kids are going back to school, and the college students are ready ready to get back and start their new semesters. So that that whole week is busy. We're going to be busy here. We have people that come to uh, visit their relatives that live here because they're you know escaping cold. What's well, better place to do it in the Keys, or people that are on vacation and they figure. Well, this is the place, and you got your snowbirds, and this is the place to be to escape the cold. But lo and behold, we are not the coolest place as we are normally, the coolest place, uh, the warmest place in the country. Uh, We're probably, uh, I mean, yesterday it was 80 degrees in LA, and yesterday we were about 33 degrees. Normally we're, it's 50 degrees in LA this time of year, and We're around 78. So, but we were 48 yesterday, which is a big difference, a big difference. And then people, and I mentioned about going out on the water. There's, if you're not going to dive or go in the water or go um, kite surfing or parasailing, kayaking, paddle boarding. What are you going to do? Well, pretty much down here, the keys are known as a a drinking place with a fishing problem. Setting a fishing, a drinking town with a fishing problem instead of a fishing town with a drinking problem. And that's the activity. That's pretty much the activity right now. We have a couple of museums here. There's not a lot of extra space for things. We got a museum. In the Upper Keys, they got one movie theater. They probably have another movie theater down in Marathon and one in Key West. So they're few and far between. Once you get to Key West, you have a a lot of things you can do. You have a couple museums you can go and see. And obviously, you have Duval Street. You can do the Duval Crawl. But that's why the people aren't coming down here in order to go shopping and go to museums. They want to do the deval crawl. They want to go out to the, they want to be on the up here. They want to be on boats. They want to go to the Oceanside Dining. They don't want to see the manatees huddling for warmth in the canals, which they do because actually when it gets really cold, the manatees come under stress. The manatees sea cows, They're, they're mammals and they live on the surface. They rarely go really deep they breathe air breathing. So they're affected by it. The fish that are hanging out near the surface are normally going, they're going deeper too. So that's pretty much it for them. And people get surprised and they, I guess sometimes they, they, I mean, with this, they, who, who are you going to blame it on? You know, you only have a week left. You're paying a I imagine the prices for the hotel rooms are probably outrageous and they come down here and they say, well, I could have in another day or two, it's going to be the same temperature today in that it's today in Philadelphia. So you head back, you're down here for a couple of days. It's in the forties then it's in the fifties. And then you go back to Philadelphia or Dayton, Ohio, or wherever you're from. And it's 54 degrees. Whoop, did you went on holiday and stuff like that? Well, it's a roll of the dice when you come down here. Uh, this is one of the most, I think, the lo- the lowest temperatures I've had in 16 years, um, a couple days in a row. Normally, normally we don't see this. If we're we're lucky to see a couple days in the 60s, but in the 50s, very unusual. Uh, we are after the holidays. That's as an adult. I have to say, I'm really happy with my uh, the way the gift-giving thing went, Danny. Um, you get better as you get older. I remember younger, as a younger guy, I wasn't really good at uh, the gifting process. But we in the United States, we're getting, like most of the, I guess, developed world, we've gotten really commercialized. And we got away and everyone, this is the same conversation each year that the holiday, um, the holidays that is based on the birth of the guy who they call the Prince of Peace and who, um, who didn't have much, who was pretty much a vagrant who roamed around. Uh, Israel or Judea, Judea for a couple, you know, for, for however long, without many possessions, we would celebrate the birth of that guy by spending all this money or a large portion of our income on gifts to give to each other. The all, and uh, the only thing they really base it on probably is the three kings. That come and visit the the baby in the manger and bring him gold frankincense and myrrh so they would give him precious metal which probably is helpful to a family that has um you know it's not you know joseph mary and jesus probably that would be helpful but frank sense, and myrrh, I they could have probably traded in for gold or th- something like that but other than that I don't know how the tradition came about. But when you see the commercials on television, it's just um, if you really think about it. There was one uh, Lexus commercial where I guess it's the grandfather coming out to see his son and his daughter-in-law and his uh, grandchild come up and a bow blows off the front of the house decoration lands on the car. And the guy assumes that it's a Christmas present for him. From his son, and that it is even considered in a in a movie that someone's going to give a car to somebody, and I've seen that in a bunch of gifts. How how uh, on broadcast television for people that barely can afford the meal they're about to eat, they're showing people exchanging vehicles to each other for the holidays. You know, give them or. It used to be a De Beers commercial where a diamond for the holidays, why don't you give her the gifts she's always wanted? And they'll show like a three carat diamond earrings that cost maybe $20,000. It's amazing though, because commercials normally, if you, the old commercials for toilet paper, paper towels, coffee, soda, fast food, they appeal to the masses. But every so often they will just have commercials to say, well, listen, only one out of a hundred people are actually going to be able to be able to afford this item here. In in Miami, especially, we see here this, this during the holidays thing. Oh, we're well, listening, we're having great deals on the Alpha Romeos, Maseratis, uh, Cadillacs, Lexus's. I mean, it's been at least fifty years since Charlie Brown came out. Charlie Brown, it's Christmas, Charlie Brown. it's, it's sorry, Charlie Brown Christmas tree, or whatever that cartoon was, and Charlie Brown and is talking to his uh, buddy Lyons, Linus. Linus, like it's Linus, and he's producing. He's doing. He's directing the Christmas pageant, and he was bemoaning the fact that commercialism was rampant in his day. And you have to recall that that uh, cartoon, Charlie Brown Christmas, was made in the late 60s. And how appropriate is it today that when someone uh, was going, when he went out to get the Christmas tree and he gets a, a tree that's kind of, anemic and skinny and he brings it back and the whole group of people that are in the Christmas start making fun of Charlie Brown and Charlie Brown's bemoaning the fact that he goes, well listen, this tree needed a home and here, we're here for it and they decorate the tree using Snoopy's uh, decorations where he won his, his uh, Christmas decorating contest which is also you know, it's just a loss, loss of the meaning of Christmas. I mentioned in a previous episode, it's the gift of giving. The best gift you give is the gift of yourself. Because all these objects that you give, in the end, they, they can take they can, Yes, your car can take you to the hospital. It can go to the store and pick up food and things like that. It really doesn't provide the thing that you really need during the holidays. <clears throat> and I don't think people are under stress during the holidays because they didn't get a Lexus or didn't get earrings or Crystal or an Apple laptop, a MacBook. They're lonely during the holidays because they don't have anybody. And that's when people are under great <clears throat> stress. Depression. That's why you have people when they post the suicide hotlines and things like that. So it, it isn't, I mean, I, I could, I'd wager that there'd be very few people calling a suicide hotline because they didn't get the gift they want. They're doing it because they're alone, they have problems. Other than just being alone, they could have a drinking problem, a drug problem, um, serious depression, and we take the eyes off the prize for the holidays, the Christmas holiday, and it's that, and we 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 compound it by saying. When you look at the news and you say, well, listen, the stores aren't doing really good, so the economy is not doing well. So we got to do more shopping here. Oh, they did a lot of shopping on Amazon and all this online. That's what Chris is all about. They go, no, well, that what they should do is say, well, Chris is all about this many people got to visit this many people. These many people were happy. I know it's not a very detailed way of celebrating a holiday, but. Gosh, you know, in the end, I don't think anybody on the the end of their days is going to be looking at today and say, say, oh, listen, I got this wonderful gift. I got this beautiful Rolex, you know, when they're dying. And at the end of the day, the beautiful Rolex or the Alexis or a MacBook. They're not going to be thinking about any of those things with their last, last breath. They're going to be thinking about the people they care about. And that's all I have to say today. I'd like to thank you for listening. Have a Merry Christmas. We'll be back again with our 11th drink of the uh, year. And I don't know what that's going to be yet. But until then, take care. This is Jim McKee's bartender ending.